Good morning and uh, welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike and it's been just a few minutes <laughs> since my last podcast. Well, I guess a few minutes would be like two weeks of, of uh, uh, a few minutes. Is <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Uh, I was out of town last week um, traveling alone down to the uh, southwestern extremity of this island of Honshu, um, on which I live, uh, to see some basketball games. Uh, my daughter was in a tournament down there on one of the bases down in Iwakuni, Japan. They were on the Iwakuni uh, Marine Base, so I went down there and spent uh, basically four days and three nights watching some good basketball and cheering on my daughter and her team. and. It was a good time. It was interesting to go down to that part of the, the country that I had never been to. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting. It, you know, Japan is is a country that's been here for thousands of years. It's existed more or less as a country with a national or somewhat national identity for most of that time, and, and a single language. Although there may be regional um, inflections and things like that, basically a single language, single culture, single, mostly a single religion. Um, and so it's interesting to see how that developed uh, in the different geographical regions on the island. wasn't all that different. There, there were some interesting things, you know, the, the way they laid out cities was just a little bit different, and uh, the, the demeanor of the people was a little bit different, and uh, it was a great, great time and a great trip. really enjoyed it. And got to ride the uh, bullet train for the first time. Uh, if you don't know, the bullet train is a high-speed uh, service, train service that exists here in Japan. I believe it's the fastest or one of the fastest in the world right now that's in service. Um, the trains uh, can go in excess of 300 kilometers an hour, uh, which is pretty fast. Uh, it's about 180, I believe, 180 miles per hour, maybe, or almost 200. And man, it makes time fly, I'll tell you that. I was able to go 300 kilometers uh, in uh, right around an hour, um, which you know for an airplane, there's all of the uh, you know the waiting and the the customs and all the stuff that goes on. But the bullet train really operates much like a normal uh, train does. It's pretty easy to get on and get off. Not a lot of security. Um, and uh, man, is that thing fast uh, and smooth. I think the smoothness was one of the things that impressed me the most. You know, how they engineer something uh, to go that fast and still be uh, more or less on land. Uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive, the things we've, we've been able to do in the last hundred years or so. Uh, really makes the uh, 10,000 years before look like a 
you know, massive waste of time. Of course, it, you know, they weren't, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting technology. Well, in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've also been uh, heavy into our cafe project, which, uh, God willing, will open up March 2nd, and there's still so much to do. Uh, it's uh, about a little over three and a half weeks to go, I think, till we're supposed to open. Um, so we're busy getting that ready and buying things and renovating and painting and designing and planning and, and cooking and making drinks and, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty crazy getting all this going. Uh, but it's exciting at the same time. Um, the amount of stress that can go into something like this, uh, really, you're not, you're not prepared for. Um, generally, you know, you choose the people, uh, people that you like, or that people have certain good qualities that, uh, you choose them to go into business with, and then once you're in business, the stress of it all kind of makes a lot of those things uh, less uh, shiny and appealing, <laughs> and uh, we kind of get down to the nitty-gritty, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, wearing on each other's nerves and things like this that happen, and uh, this has been, so far, about a two-month journey, and uh, we've got, you know, this last month until we're supposed to be open. <laughs> Uh, but in those times, it's important to remember um, that we don't have to be afraid. It's it's hard to it's hard to tell yourself when you're worried about all these things. When, you know, all the all the, the, the worries and cares of, of doing something like this comes into play. Man, it really really gets stressful. It's kind of like when I built my house. It's been about 12 years ago. It's kind of like that. You know, there's just a lot of unforeseen costs and details and, and uh, deadlines and setbacks. And, uh, yeah, a lot goes into it. Um, so I was reminded this morning, and I reminded my partner Michi that, you know, the Bible talks about not being afraid and tells us to not be afraid. I think 365 times, you know, once for every day. And what's interesting about that is, is that I don't think by the time the Bible was written that their calendar was a 365-day calendar, although it could be wrong. It could be the Julian calendar is what brought about 365 days. But I know the Jewish calendar at least was different. It had fewer days. Um, and so what it did is made the the earth, uh, you know, the seasons were, weren't quite consistent with the months. So, for example, you know, during this month, this year, summer might happen, but in 10 years, the same month might be autumn or it might be winter. It's kind of interesting how those things rotate around. Um, but, yeah, do not be afraid. So I thought I'd talk about that a little bit today, mostly because I need it at this time. You know, what is the nature of fear, and, and what makes fear 
uh, rear its head into your life. And usually it kind of sneaks in. You don't really see it coming. Um, uh, but I know in, in our case, with this cafe, we have a lot of uh, time and relationships and money uh, invested in, into this endeavor. And to think that something could happen to make it all uh, not work out is enough to, to cause stress and fear. Um, and of course, there, there are a lot of scriptures um, that speak to this. Um, and mainly it talks about whatever God has called you to do, uh, you don't need to be afraid in that. Because He has called you, He will also equip you. Um, and the way this cafe came about um, helps me to believe that, that that's the case, that, that God has presented this opportunity to us. And we've already seen interesting fruits from this decision. Um, in a sense, it's kind of breathed, breathed some new life into our community in many ways. Um, and so if, if God has called us to this opportunity, then he is also in the process of equipping us to be able to handle it. Uh, and, and even if he's not, even if there's something else that's to be learned in this process, uh, we can have faith that God will take care of it. Excuse me, I've not been getting enough sleep. Big old yawn. You know, we can we can be confident that even when we fail, Jesus will succeed, and He will do it with or without our failure. Either way, He will still succeed. And so that we don't need to worry that we are we are such a huge part of His plan. For example, uh, I, I mean individually. I think mankind is obviously part of his plan, uh, but it's his plan nonetheless, uh, and whether we succeed in this life to follow his will or whether we fail, uh, his plan uh, will not be changed, and he will see through to completion what he has started in Jesus. And that's, that's very, very comforting. And so, you know, I think every time a little stress or a little fear starts to pop into your mind, and for me, it, I know it's kind of getting serious when I get kind of a, a pit in my stomach. And uh, I'm not really a worrier. That's not my gifting. <laughs> but I do worry when other people worry. That, that bothers me. And so if somebody else is worried about something, and they, they let me know that's when I get worried. That's when I feel it. Um, generally, I just think things are going to work out. Um, call me naive, whatever, but that's just how I usually think about things. You know, Things will work out in the end. We'll get through this. Um, so... Yeah, do not be afraid, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I'm not sure I've, I've 
checked every one of these references. But basically it says to not be afraid 365 times in the Bible. Or so they say. Uh, and so that was something that would only be significant when the uh, calendar changed to 365. I think before then people would just notice, wow, that's written a lot. Do not be afraid is written a lot. It's a major theme of the Bible. Do not be afraid. Uh, but now we know that it matches up with our our current calendar of 365 days, which is which is really interesting. Uh, and I I tend to not take those kinds of uh, coincidences, if you will, lightly. I think I think there's a reason for them. So yeah. Enjoying a nice home-brewed latte right now. We've got our cafe machinery in our house until the cafe is ready, and we're using them and practicing with them. And man, we're getting some good coffee, good espresso, good frothed milk, making some incredible lattes. Um, so good, in fact, I've forgotten that lattes could be this good. I've really had a good latte in a lot of years. Man, when a latte's made well, it's it's delicious. Uh, which is beside the point. So do not be afraid. Um, so what is what does fear do, or or rather, what does fear show? Right. So when we're afraid, what it tells us is we have no faith that the outcome will be good in a certain situation. For example, you lose your job. You get fear. You get afraid that you won't be able to feed your family or pay your rent or take care of those you love. Uh, you get in a car accident. You, you fear that you won't be able to afford the repairs or uh, you fear the repercussions of being at fault uh, in a car accident or significant part of your income and you fear that you'll be able to make it up um, and all of these fears are well founded if Jesus doesn't exist uh, and if you don't know Jesus exists of course you're going to depend solely on your own effort. Uh, if you don't believe in Jesus, then you don't believe he indwells you. And if you don't believe he indwells you, then you don't believe he is guiding you or leading you. Uh, and you don't believe that he has your best interest uh, at heart. And of course not. I mean, if you don't believe he exists, why would you think all those things are true? Now, some people may believe that there's some beneficial universe out there that the universe controls all these things and tries to do everything for your good um, but I don't see that being a possibility if we're just talking about an impersonal universe um, but if we're talking about a personal God as displayed in Jesus uh, then we know that he uh, loves everyone without fail uh, and has done everything he can to assure 
future is secure in him for eternity. that is all contingent upon us knowing him, being introduced to him. If we're not introduced to Jesus, then we won't have peace on this earth like we could have, like we get from knowing Jesus. Um, now, I'm not going to, to say, in a, you know, make a blank, blanket statement that, that our uh, happy eternity is, is, uh, based on knowing Jesus, but I would like to say that our, our level of peace, of living in peace, our ability to live in peace on this earth now, regardless of all the junk that happens, uh, there were just recently earthquakes in Taiwan, uh, you know, killings here and there, uh, war and famine and disease. These things continue. Uh, but if we know Jesus, if we know Christ, if we know the power of his rising, if we have fellowship in his suffering, uh, then we can endure peacefully all that this world has to throw at us and more. And we can endure peacefully even unto death. We can die in peace. So, um, do not fear uh, is, is something we're supposed to be thinking about, right? How can I not fear? Uh, so let's, let's talk about ways to, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? keep our, our fear at bay, let's say. I don't think you can be absolutely without fear in this life. I think sometimes fear is a chemical thing that just happens. Uh, but I will say uh, that there are things we can do, and I think there are ways that we can... <clears throat> uh, ways that we can uh, discipline ourselves to react better to fear. To, to keep it at bay sooner and more effectively. And of course, uh, the biggest one is prayer. And, and I'm not the best prayer uh, that there's ever been. Uh, but one thing I would like for me to be able to do is that as soon as uh, fear or stress, uh, whatever form it takes uh, in its infancy, begins to enter my life, I would like to think that I will just pray a prayer something like this, Jesus, I just leave this in your hand, I can't control it, 
promises to me and all believers everywhere that you will make it all right. So I'm just going to believe that right now. Some of the problems we're having at the cafe right now have, have been opportunities for me to pray that I haven't necessarily taken. Uh, but I think a, a big one is prayer. You know, um, and and a good prayer life I think stems from knowing Jesus. And so another another way uh, that you can have peace through all of the storms. Uh, calamities of life uh, is to know Jesus well. And to know Jesus well, I think you need to spend a lot of time in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Know Jesus well. Uh, know Him intimately. And through your prayer life, and through your study of, of the Gospels and, and of Jesus, um, I think uh, that will go a long ways to understanding uh, that what happened on the cross with Jesus was all about taking away our fear, our fear of depending only upon ourselves and our own actions to make us right with God. That's what that was all about. Getting over our fear, uh, I think, uh, can be helped along with, as I said, prayer, uh, and also um, knowing Jesus well, as found in the Gospels. And once you know Jesus well in the Gospels, I think it's, it's safe to venture out into the, the other the other parts of the Bible, but you're going to need to come back to the Gospels time and time again yourself grounded uh, in the person of Jesus. Uh, and then I think the other, another thing is, is, of course, Christian fellowship, praying with your Christian brothers and sisters, sharing your burdens with them, letting them know what you worry about, and then praying with them, and of course, praying for them. And I think the more you, the more you do this, the more this becomes a uh, reality in your life, a, a, a rhythm, which is the word that's kind of the big word right now, a rhythm in your life or a, a habit. Uh, I think the more you'll see testimonies of God and Jesus taking care of people through their fears, and that they are they are coming out um, better for it on the other end. And I think that's another thing. I think that's the third thing. And realizing that that going through the trials of life produces uh, fruit, important fruit, fruit that we need to have to be strong uh, for others as well. Um, I want to say Paul talks about that, uh, you know, consider it joy when you are persecuted because, uh, you know, he talks about how faith and perseverance uh, are byproducts of our living and trusting through calamities. And I think trust, trust is a big word, right? 
we use faith a lot, and faith, of course, is, a, is an important concept. But I think trusting that that Jesus is here, that He knows what you're going through, and that He has He has uh, prepared, He has planned, right? He has prepared us and is preparing us uh, to to be able to endure the sufferings of life. Uh, I think that's a big big thing too. So trusting that Jesus will see see through to completion what he has started in us, uh, I think is a big deal. Uh, but we have to be ready to understand that many of our own plans may have to be thrown to the wayside, that, that Jesus never promises that whatever we decide to do is going to be successful. Uh, I think there are a lot of a lot of times that we're going to have to fail, we will fail uh, in life. Uh, things that, that we decide to do. You, know, you look back at, at Abraham and Sarah deciding to make God's prophecy come true, and that's how Ishmael was born. Uh, you look to that and realize, well, that you know that's one way to go about it, but it's not the best way. It's not God's way. God has our best interests in his heart, uh, sometimes we're not able to see exactly how that's going to play out, and maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe that's not good for us to know everything that's going to happen in the future. Um, but trusting that, that he is going to be there with us the entire time, and that, and that no matter what happens with us, whether we fail, whether we sin, uh, and even whether we die, that He will He will be there for us and with us. And that He suffers along with us. We never suffer alone. No one in the world ever suffers alone. Our Lord, Jesus, always suffers with us. So this is going to be a little shorter than usual. I started a little bit late. Not sure sure that I wanted to really uh, do a podcast today, but I'm glad I did now because I think it's helped me. Um, and unfortunately, that's usually the person that this podcast <laughs> helps the most is me. <laughs> uh, but I do hope that some of you guys get some benefit out of it. I, I know it's. It's not quite the same, um, maybe, uh, that it might be if you were doing the podcast. But I do encourage you to do something like this, whether you journal. This has pretty much become a an audio journal for me. Um, and so I have a library of some 80-some-odd podcasts all around 30 minutes, so 40 hours of journaling that I've done. And, and I don't know, maybe one day it, it can be transcribed and... Maybe I should transcribe it. I don't know. The ramblings of a crazy man. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I'm here at my place of work. And uh, getting ready to go teach a bunch of little kids. So I'll sign off. And uh, fear not. For the Lord is with you. Bye-bye.